and Jesper's got the footage, the wind blows, the entire rack, like that one over there, the whole rack is in the fucking water moving down current. So Nico and Luke immediately dive on their bellies and they're fishing the clothes out of the shit, throwing it back. I'm catching it in the air. They're throwing all these wet sweaters and polos and quarter zips and hats and shit. It's drifting down the fucking river. That's the first project he worked on as a styling photo shoot producer, et cetera. And like I said, Jesper got, has the footage. So if, I'll try to get the footage and we could cut the footage in of, <laughs> of, of Luke hitting the belly. He hit the belly and was fishing that shit out. Nico and Luke's face, they look like they saw a fucking ghost. Like the first day doing the shoot, steamed it till two in the morning. And then as soon as we pull up five minutes before the shoot starts, this shit is swimming down river. A whole you just jumped straight into the water? No, I hit his belly on the deck and oh, it laying on the dock, oh, oh, fucking oh, oh. flinging the shit out of the water as fast as he could. I really thought I was about to have to just straight dive in. Me though. too. I thought I you were like, going in for sure. Damn, bro. Yes, bro, was dying. Everybody, welcome back to the Part Three Podcast. I am one of your three hosts, Stephen Malvin. We got my man J.R. Smith calling in live from Florida. He's dealing with some finals and some school things, and of course, Ben Baller. Also, young Luke, the one and only Luke Gardner from Malvin Golf. I am your father. How many times have you heard that joke, Luke? Oh, way too many, way too many. Yeah, yeah. It's a pleasure to be here. It's, a, it's incredible to be in a in a room with some some legends like these guys. So, young Luke, did you watch the the Masters? Absolutely, absolutely. And what happened? I was in I was in the office over here. Just I got like three screens up going. I didn't get any work done that Friday, but you know, worth what's it. your take on it? It was solid. I, I I fuck with John Rahm. I think uh, I was hoping he was going to stumble a bit down that back nine, give Mickelson a chance. But dude, he's uh, he's one of the most clutch players in the game right now. So, what you think about a Cantlay uh, taking forever? Dog. I don't know. People make a big deal about all that stuff, but it's like there's there's too many players doing that. You know, it's like at the end of the day, like you just got to hit the ball. You know, but it's still like they're putting for millions. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hey, Luke, let me ask you a question, though. If that tree that fell on 17 fell on you, man, what would you do? Dog, I don't know. That's crazy. That was that was nuts seeing that. Yeah, right. That was nuts. <laughs> out but, of nowhere. Yo, I'd have been like, I'd have been diving under that tree like, yo, give me free Master's tickets for life, baby. Oh, Come you would have got, got a membership on. to Augusta. Bro, I was about to say, yes, you need a membership for that. <laughs> yes, sir. And JR, what's going on down there? Man, getting ready for these finals, working on this... Uh, I'm working on this paper for mass incarceration for one of my liberal studies classes, and it's killing me right now. But it's going to be good, you know. Good old finals, 15, 18 pages. No Damn, big deal. God, I love it. No big what deal. about the? Uh, what about your docu series? You're a legend. Oh man, appreciate it. Yeah, it dropped not too long ago. Um, was that April fourth? Um, yeah, redefined came out on Amazon Prime. So. I haven't seen it, so I, I take y'all word for it. it. It's good. So, congrats, man! It was an amazing show, bro. It really it gave Appreciate me different it. insight in you, for real, man. 
Appreciate it, man. You know, that's the that's part of being, you know, being redefined. You want to give people who, people who've never really, for me anyway, people who've never really got an opportunity to know me other than headlines or articles or what somebody else said and finally getting, being able to do it in my own way and, you know, tell people who I really am and shit like that. I think it's dope. So um, for me, that's the only reason why I haven't watched it because it's like, it's about me. So what do I need to watch it for? I was there <laughs> when we were shooting it and I already know, you know what I mean? So... And you've been doing a lot of lot of press and running around and all that. Not fortunately, I'm done now. All the press and all that shit is over with. But it was it was a little hectic. Um, so I'm trying. To, I was fortunately, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, COVID made everything. You know, obviously, we can sit here and do this remote now. So it made it so much easier doing interviews and stuff like that. But it was a lot lined up. Have your uh, your daughters watched it yet? Yeah, they love it. They oh, love it. Nice. Of course, their favorite episode is the last one, I think, because they're in it, and that's yeah. like the finishing. So, um, but it's it's dope to see them like really interact and and even find out things about me that they didn't even know. You know what I'm saying? Like, in in my one of my daughters, Peyton, because she's a she has ADHD too, and she's looking at me like, "Daddy, you really, you know, you suffer from the same thing I have." And I'm like, yeah, I, like I've been trying to tell you and like like explain to you, but now she gets to see it on this type of magnitude. So she really now now it's like real to her, you know, because you know, well, especially little girls. I mean, that with your kids, the dad is always going to be like Superman. So nothing is like, you know, nothing is wrong with them. They're, they can do and be anything. You know what I'm saying? So for her to see, for my kids to see, you know, me being vulnerable and that's just in that state and talking about, you know, my education. I think it was, you know very important for them and uh for my parents too it was dope no nah, man it's always good to be a, a hero and funny you know we're all fathers so it's, it's amazing like that feeling to be a, a hero to your kids or that they could see you on you know on a bigger platform bigger stage whatever so I, I like that when you were saying that uh when your when your pops was teaching your daughters how to shoot and she hit the she hit the rim or something and he said that doesn't count yeah. that he gave me a little idea of where swish came from <laughs> That's exactly how it started. That's, that's how it started because every time we used to have shooting drills and stuff in the backyard, he used to put me through throw me so many different things. And every time I shot, he's like, if it touched the rim, it don't count. So I had to literally learn how to shoot it with a certain type of art to make it go switch every time. And then when I got to Denver, that's really Chucky Atkins essentially named, named me switch because I, I would still do those drills in practice. And I saw you in the first episode when you're walking on campus. And you're walking around like, yo, nice to meet you. I'm Swish. Yo, what up? I'm Swish. <laughs> These motherfuckers, they're like, they, we know who the hell you are. <laughs> yo, it's, it's crazy because it's like, I don't know how to like not, I don't know. I guess it's kind of no, unnormal to just somebody introduce themselves to you and then you don't introduce yourself back. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, something I've always I've actually felt. been around people who don't like, like Bieber, like Drake, don't really say like, hey, I'm Drake, whatever. They just don't say who they are. It's funny. But I, I, I feel what you're saying. I'll tell you a good one with Bieber. So the uh, when we had the Fairfax store, Bieber would come through and hit balls. And so Remington at the time, it was right when like uh, Sorry came out, that whole album, you know, and it was like a kid safe album. So we used to play it a lot in the car. Remy, Remy loved Justin Bieber. <clears throat> so Remy's in the simulator hitting balls. Justin comes in. Yo, is it okay if I hit balls? It's like, dude, obviously go ahead. Go in. But my, my, my uh, you know, five-year-old's in there. He's going to hit with you. Oh, it's fine. So then he walks in. He's like, hi, I'm Justin. It's like, hey, I'm Remy. And so then they, you know, how far do you hit your seven iron? So they immediately just become little golf buddies and they hit balls in there the whole time. And then uh, 
Justin Depps. And then Remy comes out and I said, yo, Remy, it's, it's pretty cool you hit balls with Justin Bieber. And he's like, that was Justin Bieber? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even know. <laughs> oh, Justin. That's dope. Yeah, that's dope, man. All right, JR. So, like, you're a world champion, NBA player, got drafted out of high school, you know, 18, famous, professional athlete. You reach the apex of the mountain, then you go back to college, right? You're playing golf. Was there any, like, negative feedback? Are you going back into college and then obviously not playing ball but playing golf that you heard, and how did you deal with it? I mean, yeah, I heard a ton of it. <laughs> it's crazy, literally. I heard a ton of it, and um, it, it didn't really make sense to me, and it still doesn't, but, like, even when, like, people will come, I never really understood retractions. Like, when, when people come back and, and after they said some bullshit and when they expression on TV or something like that, and then when I see you, then you be like, oh, nah, man, I didn't mean like that. Da, 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 da. Your retraction doesn't really mean shit because you just told millions <laughs> of people yeah. that pretty much I ain't shit or whatever, whatever I've got going on doesn't mean nothing. So it's, it's, that shit really irks me, but any, like, Honestly, I don't. I'm so used to it now. It's just literally one more thing. Honestly, like I'm used on to campus. It so much different shit. It's just what what else is new? <laughs> I mean, like though on campus though. Did you ever hear like any any like chit chatter from people on like? The fuck's oh no, on campus everything was cool. Um, I heard some little things about my teammates in the beginning, but they they kind of got over it. But um. <laughs> Nah, for the most part, everything has been straight. Um, I think I don't. I don't know if one of the coaches is too fond of me, but that's that's anywhere. I guess you don't really <laughs> always agree with people you work with. So fortunately, I've been in environments where I've learned how to deal with with, with certain people. And me blocking it out and not really trying to give it too much heat is better for me and them. <laughs> Right, but you know what? Actually, I wanted to ask you too. Was, was University of North Carolina AT? Was that was that your tr your first choice for college? Um, no, my first choice was uh, Chapel Hill, uh, UNC. Um, that's when I was coming out of high school. But I, the way I picked my school, what now was, it was at first I wasn't really focused on golf. I was just trying to figure out who had the best liberal studies program amongst the HBCUs because um, I wanted to study African American history and. When I, um, when I, it was like there and I want to say like Florida and uh, it was like one, like the two who had one of the uh, best liberal studies programs. And I just decided on North Carolina because it's just like every, everywhere I turned, North Carolina kept coming up for me in my life. Like I used to go to Carolina as a kid playing high school tournaments. It just so happened I wanted to go to Chapel Hill and I got family in Carolina, Chris Paul, his family's from Carolina. So I had so many ties there. It was just like, it made sense. The golf's pretty good in Carolina, too. The golf is amazing in Carolina. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, I mean, I, I love Florida because, obviously, I live in Florida or whatever, but to be here in the winter, in the summertime and it's muggy and going crazy, like, I'd rather be in North Carolina. Now, when it's, when winter time comes, I'll go to Florida. Yeah. But other than that, no, nah, bro. You're like an old retired golfer already. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm so <laughs> set in my golf ways, bro. I was telling one of my boys the other day, he was telling me how he got hurt playing uh, playing tennis or, play, or playing pickleball or something. 
and like kind of like pulled his groin or whatever and now he can't play golf and he's like yeah man i can't wait to get back out there though. i'm like bro if i was you i would damn near shoot myself i'm not, if i got hurt doing something else and i can't play golf bro i'm miserable oh, there's man. no way dude i got my my right arm I, my right elbow is fucked up and i haven't been able to play for a few weeks so like i was at first I was like laying in bed at night, like, oh man, what am I gonna do? Like, you know what I mean? I don't even fucking smoke weed anymore. I don't know what I'm gonna do with myself. I can't golf. And then God like whispered, he said, basically you could design and you can putt. So I've been putting like two or three hours every day. I've never practiced putting in my life. I've been playing golf mm. since I was 12 years old. I'm 47 years old. The most I ever practiced putting was like I go to a golf course and then I putt maybe about 10 putts and then go tee off and then miss putts all fucking day. And why can't I make putts? Why can't I make putts? <laughs> mm -hmm. But now I don't have any other choice. And I'm literally like I found I'm in love with like puring a putt where like I used to be in love with puring a wedge or an iron or a driver or whatever the fucking I would fiend, just fiend, fiend, fiend to just hit like a... a you know, pure iron or whatever. But now I'm down where I could just like put four foot putts and like, I don't even care if I make it or not. I just want that feeling of perfection when I like pure the putt and it hits it. And you know, like they say, like you hit, the, you're supposed to hit your clubs in the, in the, in the sweet spot or on the screws or whatever. But like you can actually pure the putter, which I'm learning. Like I can, I can hit it perfectly and then it's like but it, you can't it's not like you could do it every single time so the more you practice at it etc but i can't wait to be healed up and when i go back it's over now wait so now, when's the last time you played i'm gonna be scared of you on the greens i played i haven't played in like two weeks shit Ain't no and way. i don't know what There's the fuck's no going way, on bro no two way. weeks a long time bro yeah it's For a sure. lot dude you know what i'm going through right now bro and it's barely been like well no it's like, yeah, we're going at 10 days and i'm I haven't thought about it as much, but damn. But it's weird. Just like golf is one of those things, like I'm not like missing playing or something because I can just go putt. Like I want to go putt right now. It's like I'm such an addictive personality and it's like it's not all good being an addict, but it's not all bad either. So like I'm <laughs> completely addicted to putting if you could believe such a thing. So uh, I do for sure. whenever the day comes where I'm playing again, I, I can't wait. I'm even Man. going out when people will play and I'll just drop the ball on the on the green <laughs> and try to make putts. I Bro, that. I got a new putter. I love this thing. When I tell you, I feel like more like and there's no I feel like how you probably feel right now, there's no better feeling feeling confident walking to the green with a putter in you. Oh uh, yeah. Like regardless of if I got an eight footer or a ten footer, if it, whether it slopes left or right, uphill, downhill, and I feel confident with my, with that putter, like there's no better feeling. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah, what putter? Like what putter is one. it? I got the uh, L.A. Golf Bel Air putter. The the mm -hmm. blade. Yeah, it was so yeah. it's so good. I ordered two of them. Really? Jesus, I'm I got, a, I got, a, I got one just, just for one. my jersey bag and then for my travel bag. I'm even doing that with the putting. Like I'll go to the putting green and and I'm bringing out gadgets and shit, training aids and all that. But I'll bring like four putters with me. Like, normally, it's just like, I'm not changing putters. Like, I might not be putting good, but I'm always scared to change putters because I'm more convenient with one. But now I'm out here with four putters, and I'm, like, actually 
trying to see which one like i don't know i'm just doing shit now because i can't play where like i've never done that in my entire life like i'm gonna go putt 20 minutes with this putter 20 minutes with this one 20 minutes with this and see which one i'm better at like normally it's just like i oh, just give me the putter i'm either gonna make the putter or i'm not i mean right now are you more a mallet or more a blade putter dude i'm using this putter right now that i like a lot it's the, it's a lab putter and so basically, you know how you can hold the putter on your finger like that? In some putters, the toe goes down. Some putters mm -hmm. stay flat. In some putters, the toe goes up. So if the toe goes, if the toe of the putter goes down or stays flat, from what I'm, I'm learning, you're supposed to hit the ball. You're supposed to putt more with like an arch. If the toe goes up, you have to putt dead straight back and straight through. So I'm putting with this lab putter, which is like the one the Adam Scott was using in the Masters. He had like a blue one, but I'm using that one. The toe goes up when it hangs, the balance point, the toe goes up. So that one's made to just go straight back and straight through. And so um, that's the one I'm putting with the best right now. And it's a mallet. And then they say there's people's eyes that are like, even all the way techie down to like the the shaft and how it hits the putter like that the 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 putter that goes down and then turns and goes back like the scotty cameron or the answer or whatever mm -hmm. that one you have to be like more strong in your left eye than your right eye and there's just like such a techie thing i think one of these famous golfers from the old days they said that like golf is one sport and putting is another sport <laughs> like it's a whole nother sport putting sure. Bro, I didn't even know that you could compress sense. your putts. When I started doing that, that changed everything too. There's all of it. Yeah. Some tacky shit putting. So wow. <laughs> like Crazy. Crazy. What do you play with? Put what are you putting with? Um right now I got a tailor made that like a spider EX, the big mallet. Yeah. Um I've always preferred I prefer blades. Yeah. Just I think they look better, but I've always putted better with mallets. So. We 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 were playing in the, in a Sabonic in the Hamptons, so we were we were out there for a tournament in Montauk, and afterwards we went, and he was my partner, and we were playing in a money game with these two members, first me and him, and we were getting beat on the front. They were beating us, and then I remember he had told me he said, "I put this new putter back in the bag. You know, this is my old putter, but I put it in the bag." Da 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 da. da. And then he had like a six foot putt on like 14, pressing the bets, et cetera. I said, Luke, just remember why you put that motherfucker in the bag. Just remember why you put it in the bag. And then he drained it. No big deal. We yeah. came back on him. Uh -huh. That was brilliant. Yeah. You know Didn't what, we birdie 18? We, yeah. And one? We've had a few good ones. I mean, I asked Trotty, I was like, yo, man, so what should I stay with? Because my first, my first collab with Taylor May was a putter, it's a blade. And I was like, man, I ain't doing no damn mallet, man, or whatever. <laughs> I sank way more putts with the mallet. And so the spider. out of out of anything, I never really understood what forgiving really meant. I, I did, but I didn't. You know what I mean? Like when they say forgiving, more forgiveness on, on, on a driver, no, nah, I'm still going to slice it. The fuck are you talking about? How much? Okay, I'm slicing. I mean, no, it's just as bad as bad. I don't really think about it like that. But I did notice on a mallet, it is definitely more forgiving. I'm not gonna mm -hmm. have it, you know. Of course, you could see, you could shape your shot more with the with the with the with the blade putter. But I'm using a blade now. And I'm definitely putting better because I learned how to. But I know when I hit with mallet, I feel like I have less things to think about. It does go around. Those like go. you get eight feet eight feet and in with a mallet. I just feel like you have so much more. It, me at least, just have so much more confidence. Heavier, just like 
a little heavier head, shit, shit like that. What grip you rocking? Left hand low? Yeah. I've been left hand low like ever since, I mean, the first golf lesson I ever had, the guy that kind of coached me up a little bit through high school, he Jay. had me try out left hand low and I've been doing that ever since. JR, the first time I played with you was in Jersey with that, mm -hmm. with that kit joint. And uh, I'll never forget it when he putts, JR putts, he does like this and putts and he keeps his head there. I don't know, for some long-ass time before you didn't turn and look at it, right? So then I yeah, was thinking sure. about that the other day, and then when I watched your show, uh, when I watched your show, when they, oh, you were doing the same thing, when, when you're on the course and they're filming you in your matches or whatever, you do that same shit, you putt it like that, head stays still as a motherfucker, and then look like way after you putt it. What's the thought? What's that? Um, for me, I just don't want anything to move other than my shoulders. So if, if my head moves trying to see where the ball goes, like even with <laughs> even with my shot, like when I was a shoot on shooting basketball, I don't look at the ball as it comes off my fingers. I just look at the rim. I see the rim. I see what I what my target is. I have a imaginary <laughs> like little ball over the top of the basket that I just try to hit every single time. And when I, if I can see it, if I can see the basket, then for me, it's, I know what I got to do. But if I sit there and look at my arm and look at the ball and try to see where the ball's spinning and all of that, I'll never make it. I, can, I just can't. I can't do that. I'm, a, I'm more way more depth perception than actual like feel and flow on that. So for golf, it's like for me, if I keep my head still and the ball just goes, it's going to hit my, I, I got to trust that I'm going to hit my line. And then I look after the ball gets out of my eyesight. Yeah, you wait so a while. It's unique. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I have lessons with uh, Faxon. He told me, like, no, pick your head up. Look, like, follow, the, like, after you hit, make contact, follow the ball. I'm like, man, it just doesn't feel comfortable with me. And this dude is <laughs> one of the greatest putters ever. And I'm like, shit. Yeah, he's I'm making, total he, opposite, bro. He's making six-foot putts, and it, 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 he fucking putt it like that, hold his head down, and then the ball goes in the hole. And then he looks. It's already in. Yeah, I'm opposite. No, I'm like Kevin Knott, like, bro. So many I'll times I hear the ball play. more than I see it going. <laughs> Yeah, all your short putts got to be like that. I stopped doing mm -hmm. that, though. I stopped walking to the putts. Yeah. I stopped because people start talking shit. They were talking a lot of shit. And I didn't even know who the fuck Kevin All was. And he's Korean. Or I was terrible, right? Like, I stopped doing it because Ron was giving me shit about it. That's a good one when somebody says, is that putt good? Kevin, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it ain't bad. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Kevin, nah. Nah. Oh. <laughs> you don't putt that one. This episode today is sponsored by Long Drink, the Finnish Long Drink. Long Drink is a big supporter of ours and a big supporter of the game of golf. And damn, is it delicious. Find it near you at longdrink.com. So we have Luke on the show today. Luke has um, been working for Marvin for a few years. He works in the kind of styling side of things to help for all of our production and content shoots. He does all of the gift packages and seating when they get mailed to um, all of our friends. And he also is Thanks, in charge. Thank you, Luke. Appreciate you, man. Right. A lot of That's thanks right. around for that. Thanks. He also got to keep all the homies dripped. He runs our uh, golf tournaments, so the Bucket Club tournament. So obviously, you met him at what Roosevelt. Roosevelt, JR met at him at, uh, at uh, Miami. Is that right? No. Art Bass. This was the no. first time. First time was what? Oregon, right? Oh, and Bandon. That's right. Yeah, you came Bandon. out to Bandon Dunes. Crazy. It was nuts. Crazy Bandon trip out there. Sick. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, it's wild to be able to go to those places like Bannon and we're about to do Pinehurst, but to be able to get like 48, 68 people or whatever, and Luke sets all that up with the directors of golf, et cetera. But like Bannon's a hard tea time to get and it's yeah. Torrey Pines is a hard tea time to get. But when you can get, you know, 40, 50 of us to go show up and tee off back to back all the way through and stay like at band and everybody stayed in the in the lodges and all that. And I was stuck in Evian. So thank you for uh, <laughs> yeah. for holding that down. Hey, we had and a good we time. Then we had the drip laid out. Appreciate that, my boy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dog, it was, it was raining at Tory for that mm -hmm. tournament. I'm sitting there like, dog, I'm still new to this shit, man. Like, Luke, like... <laughs> assisting me with everything you know plus i'm playing with three dudes on there i met before in my life like it was cool man it was hmm. i, I yeah, needed yo you helped me a lot that day i appreciate it i remember it. you blast, were, he, he was hitting me and he's like yo it's fucking raining and I, I, I you're gonna cancel the tournament right i'm like nah dude you don't cancel tournaments in the rain that's just mm -hmm. more fun mm -hmm. that's right yeah it is a blast it's it's so much fun getting out there and you know with the with with the with the golf club we have we have uh we got a lot of guys that are coming in and they've been golfing for forever and they love getting out to these events. And then, you know, over the last year and a half, we have so many people that are coming out that, you know, similar to Ben that are like, you know, newer to golf and are just getting into it and just getting hooked and like love the game. And so having those people mix, it's, it's a blast, dude. It's so much fun. It's, you know, all, all, all the, uh, kind of core members have taken a lot of the new guys under their wing and like they're, they're out golfing, you know, just like on their own a bunch doing golf trips and everything. It's, uh, it's super cool to see. So. It's it's a lot of fun to be able to kind of make all that happen and and be a part of it with you guys. You got a good job. That's right. Man. You know you can't complain when you're uh, when you're just getting trips out to Bandon, rolling out to Pinehurst in a month. So it's not too bad. It could be worse. Yeah. I just need to be on the invite list, man. Like just send me an email blast or something, smoke signals or something, because I'm t I can't be missing too many now. <laughs> he yes, missed sir. Jersey. He missed Jersey last week. And I'm he from Jersey. Right there. Like come on, bro. <laughs> I, I got you. I got you. I got you the full schedule. So, Luke, how did you meet Stephen? So, I met Stephen. Um, so, I uh, I moved out to LA. I was working with a few different brands, doing just like fashion design and stuff um, for some brands around here. And then uh, COVID hit. The brand I was working with, we were like starting a brand here in LA. And uh, like COVID hit about a month and a half in, all our investors backed out, so everything kind of caved. And so, I hit up a few brands. And uh, Malbon was like one of the first ones I hit up. Um, I had been following following Steven and and uh, and the brand page for a while on Instagram. And so uh, I just hit him up, hit uh, hit Steven and Bryant up, and started chatting with them. Um, I was up in like Wyoming or something, and uh, and just like jumped on the phone with Steven, talked to him for like two hours, just chatting about like golf and the brand and all that kind of stuff. Um, and so talked to him for a bit, and then. Uh, and that's kind of when I came on with the team and started uh, jumping in and running all these tournaments. So that was about uh, almost about three years ago now. So and I saw on his resume he worked at American Rag. So then I right. called Mark Wirtz. Oh, Mark. And I said, mm -hmm. Mark, there's this dude, Luke, used to work for you. He said, oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a good worker, and he, he thinks he's good at golf. And I said, oh, shit, let me talk to this guy. So that was the big, that was like the vouch, like Mark vouch. So Luke's been here for, for a minute. And at the tournaments, we started off like ages ago, we started off doing, you know, we do like Friday golf. There'd be like 12 of us. And then now fast forward, we have like, you know, you saw Art Basel when we did the shit in Miami, Jesus you know, Christ. hundreds of people and just chaos. 
mm-hmm. Phoenix too. That's right. Yeah, JR, you played in a bunch of them, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm th- what, three. I got three under my belt. Mm-hmm. And I try to get both of y'all out to Pinehurst. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I'm coming. Where, where, uh, where are you from, Luke? I am. Uh, I'm originally from Texas. What Lived part? in mostly grew up around the Dallas area, North okay. Dallas. Most of my family okay. still out 214? there. Two one four. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I see you. So, I'm playing golf for. I was going to ask you that. Good. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I started a little late, like compared to most people, but I uh, I jumped in. My first job, first job I ever had, was at a uh, Stonebriar Country Club in Frisco, Texas. And so I was working there, and they got a. Uh, they have two crazy courses there. They have a Fazio course and a and a and a die course there. And I was like, I get free golf at these courses. I might as well like try it out and see how it goes. You know, see if I like it. So I started playing a bit out there, um, and I loved it, dude. I mean, I was, you know, two rounds in. I remember I was just I was hooked. <laughs> so uh, I like started playing a bunch. I just I, I'd work an opening shift, be there, you know, five a.m. work till noon. And I just have a change of clothes in the car, grab my sticks, and just in, in Texas at a country club back then, it's like 104 degrees outside in the summer. There's nobody on the course, you know? So you go just change clothes and then just run the course all afternoon. Um, so that's what I was doing for a few years. And then kind of like I graduated high school, I started playing. I played competitive golf um, my last two years of high school. And then uh, right as I was graduating high school, I was like, you know what? Like, I think I could have a shot if I really wanted to, to try to play in college. So... Hit up, started hitting up a bunch of coaches like right as I was graduating, and then played uh, played through college before I moved out here. So That's dope. it's been a blast, dude. It's oh, been a trip. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it all tr- over the place? Is it true that you used to uh, jump jump uh, trains? Yeah, I did. Uh, actually, right before I started with Malvin, I uh, that was the trip I was on when I first first talked with Steven. Um, me and a couple of my real good friends, we were, we all, all three of us had lost our jobs during COVID. So we, uh, we kind of just like planned this little trip. We hopped, uh, just like ho- all three of us packed up and hopped a freight train out of LA and took it all the way up North, just like hopping trains and stuff. Um, all the way up North through like Oregon, Washington, over to Montana and, uh, just like hopping freight trains. And then like, we got caught by the cops like four or five times kicked off. A couple of times it was like 3 a.m. We're in the middle of nowhere and we're getting like pulled off the train by sheriffs and stuff. And we're just like having to walk for miles and miles and then like hitchhiking and all this stuff. But uh, but it was crazy. It was, it was a blast. Um, for what? Just just for the fuck of it? Just for the fun of it. And then my homie. Uh, like a hobo, man. Yeah, like straight they were up. Yeah. Silver Street, yeah. a midnight run shit. <laughs> yeah. This That's is crazy. Wild, but, uh, but my homie, so my homie Sam Fisher, he's, he's a legend. He's so talented. But uh, he brought a couple like Super 8 cameras with him um, and just shot a bunch of film the whole time we were doing the trip and put together uh, him and a couple of my other friends. Um, Cooper and Dennis worked on it. And uh, so we put out a little, like, we made a little short film about the trip called uh, No Signal. So definitely go check that out. It's dope. But uh, it was a blast. It was a blast. It was, like, one of those things that, like, it wouldn't have been able to happen any other time. But just with, like, all three of us during COVID and everything, it was, like, the perfect time to make it happen. So, yeah, it was sick. It was a crazy experience. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Luke. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting guy, (laughs) right? Take a backpack and just walk up to a trains freight trains and just break into one get up on it and just sit there and find out when it stops and when it stops get out and see where you are mm-hmm. dude you met some honestly like the coolest part about it is you, you meet some crazy people doing that like we I met say. some crazy people on that trip but it was so sick it was a blast 
I regret not going a little crazy on my youth, man. That's, that's like, cause you, like, that's, man, that's freedom right there for real. Like, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. It was definitely, that was, that's probably easily one of the coolest things I've ever done. Going to be like one of my favorite memories. What would you say was the, is the toughest part of your job from Albin? Toughest part of my job. I mean, other than dealing with Steven here, um, it's tough to like, to, to answer that. Cause it's like, you know, there are times when here. it's so... Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what do you say? What'd you say? Uh, I said, because I'm sitting here. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I got to be careful what I say here. Um, no, nah, it's like, obviously with Malbin, it's like such a small team. So it's like everyone wears a lot of hats. So you're doing a lot of stuff, you know. Um, so there's times where it's just like, it's so busy. You're doing a bunch of stuff. But at the end of the day, you kind of step back and you're like, like this past week, I was just like running. I was traveling over uh, all over the all over the place and running some photo shoots and everything. And so it's like, I can kind of get overwhelmed, but then you step back and you're like, I'm in Aspen, Colorado shooting, you know, at this crazy golf course and it's gorgeous. And so it's like, it's just, you know, with a small team, it's just like, you know, doing everything you can to just like, the brand's been blowing up so much. It's just like, there's a lot to do, you know, you got to stay ahead of everything. There's, there's a lot of other brands that are like pushing us, you know? So it's just like finding that next thing, like always, you know, we can't be content with where we are. And that's where, you know, Steven just does such a great job is like, this man will never run out of ideas. So just I like start keeping up with him, off. you know? I start texting everybody at like 5.30 and I stop texting mm -hmm. at like 10.30 at night. And that's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Like, I don't mm -hmm. even know what day it is. Just mm -hmm. keep trying to keep Yo, keep when this going. man was still on the East Coast, it was nuts. Because I'd be like, I'd be waking up at like 6, 7, and I'd have a missed call and like 18 <laughs> texts from this man. He's up at 4 o'clock in, in freaking Virginia. So I'm starting to get texts at like 2 a.m. over here. But Yeah, he don't sleep very much. Neither uh, do I, but it's, it must be an older age thing. I don't know. I don't really mm -hmm. sleep very much either. Too yet. excited. I'm too excited to sleep. That's right. Better things he could be doing. So, yeah, when, when, to answer his question, because you mm -hmm. just went all the way around the world oh, and yeah. back, but, but how old were you when you started golfing? Oh shit! Um, I was sixteen. Sixteen years old. And how old are you yeah. now? Twenty-eight. Damn! I, yeah. I didn't know you. Dude, damn! You a youngin. Mm, doesn't feel like that way sometimes, you know. But old yeah. soul, man. Mm. I mean, Jared's not that, he's just only a few years older than you, man, so, you know. Crazy. Jared, how old are you? Uh, 37. Okay, okay. Yeah, dude. It's been nuts. It's like, it feels like, I mean, from when I started and everything, like, going through playing at school and coming out here, it's been, it's been crazy. I finished up college. I, I played through college. I finished up, moved out here. And at that point, after playing in school, like, I was pretty burnt out, you know, it was like, it's, it's a grind. And like, I mean, JR knows, dude, it's like when you're playing, especially when you're playing competitive, playing for a school and stuff, it's like, you, you got to put a lot of work in a lot of time. It's like every day, you know, going through classes and everything and getting out there and grinding and practicing and like who, playing who you practice. Tell him, bro? I sat the bench in college. <laughs> Think about it, bro. I had a scholarship, right, yeah, you know, how embarrassed know. that is like, you know, and yeah. then because I wasn't like good you know, you don't get the boosters, right? You don't get, mm. the, you don't get the, the perks. Mm. It's like, I actually had to go to class, you know what I'm yeah, saying? I had anybody, I had yeah. to, this. But dude, it's a grind. So I came out by when I finished school, I moved out here to LA and I, I didn't touch a club for like two years. I didn't play at all. I was, you know, I was, I was sick of it. I, I didn't, I didn't just like, it wasn't something I enjoyed anymore. It kind of turned into a job for me. Um, so I got out here and just, you know, went a different direction. Um, and so then like, you know, coming on with Malbin, that was kind of what brought me back to it. Um, 
I played maybe like nine holes in the last two years. And then started with Mohammed again and, and started like, you know, going out and running all these tournaments and playing with these dudes and meeting all the guys that I've met through the club. It's been amazing because it's like, it's really brought me back to like, you know, back in high school, like when I first started playing and like enjoying it. It's been a blast. Like that's what that's what I've gotten back to. So I I love it now. I love getting out and playing and even just going out and just like finishing up here, rolling out to the range and just sitting there for an hour just beating balls. Like it's so much fun. I love it, dude. So that's been the coolest thing. Like working with mom and that's been a thing that's kind of like brought me back to that. Like enjoying the game again, which has been sick. Y'all want a good story? Yeah, man. Hit us with it. <clears throat> okay, so we signed Jesper Parnovic, right? So he's wearing our stuff on the on the Champions Tour. Jesper, who's as cool as they get. So we go meet Jesper, his wife, his daughter, and we're doing a Marvin Goffin Yacht Club photo shoot down in Jupiter. So I found this this like yacht fishing boat yacht type shit. So we're gonna shoot the whole thing on there. <clears throat> we meet in the parking lot, and the night before, Luke and Nico have been up steaming all the gear. They went to Target, they bought the steamer, they got a rack, all this shit. So we got to shoot the boat. So then we're going from the car to the boat. And so they got the, the rack, all the clothes, everything's perfect, you know? And we're on this moving water with boats all over the fucking place, et cetera. Set the rack up by the side of the boat on the little uh -huh. dock. And Jesper's got the footage, the wind blows the entire rack, like that one over there, the whole rack is in the fucking water moving down current. So Nico and Luke immediately dive on their bellies and they're fishing the clothes out of the shit, throwing it back. I'm catching it in the air. They're throwing all these wet sweaters and polos and quarter zips and hats and shit. It's drifting down the fucking river. That's the first project he worked on as a styling photo shoot producer, et cetera. And like I said, Jesper got, has the footage. So if, I'll try to get the footage and we could cut the footage in of, of, of Luke hitting the belly. He hit the belly and was fishing that shit out. Nico and Luke's face, they looked like they saw a fucking ghost. Like the first day doing the shoot, steamed it till two in the morning. And then as soon as we pull up five minutes before the shoot starts, this shit is swimming down river. A whole you collection. You just jumped straight into the water? No, I hit his belly on the deck and, oh, and laying on the dock, oh, oh, fucking oh. flinging the shit out of the water as fast as he could. I really thought I was about to have to just straight dive in, Me though. Me too. I thought you were going in for <laughs> sure. Damn, dude. bro. Jesper was dying. It what was... did you guys do, though? Did you get the shoot done? Yeah, we rehung everything up and hung it on those fishing boats. You know, they got those long poles that mm -hmm. go out to the side of the deep sea fishing boats. So we mm -hmm. hung all the shit up in the sun, and it was windy, and it just dried it. I was, like, shaking the sweaters out, and Jesper was just fucking dying, laughing at us three buffoons over here with the whole fucking photo shoot in the river <laughs> so we really That's warmed crazy. up the Jesper and got a good start and he's been we've been rocking with him since solid start there so that was Luke's welcome on on border Luke, where do you find inspiration in your in your uh in your style for golf like in your fits and your clothes and when you're designing or creating um I mean, honestly, like with, uh, especially with golf now, it's like most of the inspiration comes from stuff off the course. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of people I follow, um, you know, on Instagram and everything that a lot from New York and everything, a lot of guys like that, that I follow that are just like, you know, big into fashion and everything. And so a lot of the inspiration comes from that. Like that's one of the cool things about the last few years with golf is that more and more people are like, 
when I was like, when I was playing in high school, like that was the thing you'd play golf and then I would be so embarrassed to like go anywhere afterwards if I couldn't change. Cause you're wearing some, you know, khaki shorts and like some dry fit Under Armour polo or something. And it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to go like meet some friends and go somewhere and like get food wearing this, you know? So it's like finding brands and finding clothes and stuff that you can, that, that aren't even like golf stuff. And you can go wear them your golf, wearing a bunch of like Stussy and stuff like that on the golf course. And then having like stuff that you can play in golf, like with all the mob and stuff that you can, that you can take off the course and it's still, you know, you're still able to rock it. Um, that's been the, that's been the coolest thing. So a lot of the inspiration is like, not even from golfers or, or, or golf brands, it's just like other brands just trying to find stuff that I think is dope that I, that I would be able to rock on the golf course. Um, how, how far away do you think we, we are from seeing like a more trendy pro golfer? Because like obviously everybody still is dressed like more, mm-hmm. you know. Honestly, I don't know how it hasn't happened yet. Like, you know, with the way everything's going, I, I think in the next few years you're gonna have a you're gonna have a young guy come onto the tour and like doesn't have any big sponsors yet, and one of these like you know new brands, maybe us, is gonna sponsor him and just start throwing him some like crazy fits on the course. But I don't know. Honestly, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet. I think over the next few years, we're going to get some young kid coming in and just like starting to really wear some crazy stuff on tour, which I'm, I, I'm excited for. Like there's there's really like there's not really any golfers out there that that wear anything decent out there. Nah, man, know? nobody's really drippy. Not mm. like super drippy. Mm. There's I mean, like some basic to... stuff that's like solid, you know, but it's like there's nothing that's like really cool on tour yet. I mean, think about like I was saying, I don't I forgot what episode it was, but like Payne Stewart, mm. like he was famous for his fits more than anything, yeah, right? Yeah. But like, imagine someone pulling up with some knickers. Even someone pulling up like this, just mm. coming like, I think the Champions Tour players dress better than some of the, the, than, than the PGA Tour guys. I agree with yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know? You know who, 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 you, who I used to like? And it, it's crazy because even though it's still Nike, but like, they used to do like a Nike lab situation. Jason Day used to wear like dope cargo Nike pants and like the, mm-hmm. the um, what was it? The uh, the Air Max ones and stuff like that. Like Jor- the, early Jordans. He early, was pushing. Yeah, like he used to wear the dope, like the, the more fashionable Nike gear, opposed to like just with Tiger and Rory wears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember even when Rory first came on, like when he was real young and Oakley signed him, he was kind of wearing yeah. some cool stuff. And then it's like, I feel like there's a few different brands like Nike had some really cool stuff there for a while. And it's like, I feel like a lot of those brands for some reason have kind of gone back to like some more conservative stuff or like the crazy stuff they try to do like Nike does. But if you notice fashion right now on the tour right now, and I haven't really paid attention because it's almost like obvious. It's like, you just, you know, it's going to be that. But when I actually paid attention to this RBC after the masters out of, let's say 60 that I paid attention to, Everyone has skinny pants on or slim fitted pants, right? And then there was a thing that happened. I don't know when it was, maybe a week or two ago. I was in Hawaii and I watched Ernie Els play. He's definitely wearing some 38s or some 40s. You know what I mean? He's wearing some baggy shit. Ernie Els looked Mm. cool as hell wearing some baggy shit. He wasn't wearing like, you know, no slim stretch. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. so it was like. None of the joggers for sure. Yeah, hell no. Come on. I'm just saying. Ernie, Uh how tall is Ernie Els? Like 6'4, right? 6'5? He's. I always say they look the best to me. The tour players look the best to me when it's raining because they get to wear the baggy mm-hmm. pullover rain sure. suits and all that. Seeing like Hideki at the uh, Hideki at the Masters, he mm-hmm. was rocking. What other looks at the Masters? I like uh, 
the one probably wearing the 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 best looking silhouette kits is that is is the cashmere Keith. Oh yeah. But that was what else proper. Was that Keith Murray. <clears throat> no. Nah, um How oh, Keith Murray's a rapper, bro. Yeah, Keith Murray. Keith, uh, I know you're talking about that. Keith Mitchell. Keith yeah, Mitchell. Mitchell, young Keith, Keith Mitchell. Mitchell. Swag he, is crazy with the imperial. He's so good. But, uh, he got it. I love that. He's got it. He does mm-hmm. the big visor, the proper visor. polo, and mm-hmm. then he does the pants with the with the no belt mm-hmm. that are a little high rise, more like. And he what does he the would classic wear. foot joys too. Yeah, yeah. he got yeah. he he's got a look. And then I was thinking earlier too, like in 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 I've like the Jordan movie that came out about like the brand history of the Jordan or whatever. So basically they couldn't wear, they had to wear white sneakers. Yeah. When Jordan started, they couldn't wear red or whatever the fuck. So they would get fined. So, but, but MJ was on the bull. So they wanted him to wear red shoes, red and black or whatever. And so Nike was like, we'll just pay the fine. You know, like five grand a game. Every game. So every game Nike just paid the fine, paid the fine, paid the fine. But it's the same situation with the tour. Where like, there's specific rules on where you can have a logo. Can you have a logo? You know, you can you can do this, you can do that, but you can't do this and you can't do that. So there's a lot of that stuff. So like, in answering that or going back to what Jr. said about like, there's no one out there really dripping and and pushing it. So there's a little bit of it has to do with the regulations that the brands that are dressing the players have to do. Right. So like if you want a big graphic on the back of a polo, like they're not going to let you do that or they're going right. to get fined. So it's really like. But the PGA is different than the NBA, bro. They'll actually not let you play. Do you know what I'm saying? Forget yeah, the fine. They'll, they'll get past the fine. Like you. the NBA, you'd be like, oh, you pay the fine. Boom. On a PGA, I could see them being like, nah, you're dead. Yeah, maybe but I feel like even like the Dockers uh, collab you guys did with the pants, like those pants, are, which were bigger, like baggier, more ter- t- type of like skateboard like swag like i think that would be dope on a tour like i don't think that there was the tour would turn that down opposed uh-huh. to just uh, everybody wearing five pocket pants khaki tan blue black mm-hmm. everybody looking the same mm-hmm. so when these rocks and marlboro overalls you gave me some of the gigantic overall the blue ones mm-hmm. yeah Bruh. wear those on tour my boy bryce butler had those on when i seen them <laughs> <laughs> i still got mine in the thing the man best. um at the Masters, I walked out there first day and walked right out, and there's Bryce with Golden Tate, and, and then Bryce Ooh. had that big-ass camera with him, you know? Oh, so I'm for, like, oh, my God. I love seeing Bryce at the Masters with the camera. I'm like, come on, Bryce, Man. light me up. Let me get it. Let me get the photo. At Marlbonzi, at the Marlbonzi event in Oregon, bro, abandoned. He We played a five-and-a-half-hour round because he want to shoot every shot like Tiger Woods, bro. <laughs> yeah, man, he's, he's a fucking That shit, shit took he had, whole, he had a whole crew out there with him getting video, photos, all that. I, always Bryce, I, I love you, dog. Like Don't do that shit again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that shit drive me crazy, man. But, hey, Luke, imagine that Steve is on the room right now. Like, I'm being serious, right? Yeah, good me luck. Being, <laughs> yeah. Me being, you know, I'm, 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 I've also... Uh, owned a few companies, um, dealt with fashion and stuff, right? Where you are right now is a pretty big, like, point in your life. Like, the next step is like, all right, so what am I doing next, right? I mean, what is your what is your ultimate goal? Is it to try to grow Malbin bigger? Is it to try to start your own brand initially? Maybe collaborate with him and start a sub-brand? Like, what, what, where do you see, like, your next... Where do you see yourself in five years? Damn. Um, I mean... With with where we're at right now, like 
Shit just that got was one deep. thing when I when yeah. I <laughs> when I first came on with Malvin, like I wasn't. It was something that was like so unexpected. I was like, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I didn't know what it was going to be like. And like with the way the brand's growing, like there's a lot, there's a lot that we can do. There's like so much opportunity and it's, I've never been in a role that's like had allowed this much like creativity and like ways I can, you know, like I took on this new role doing style and more create, you know, creative production and stuff. And so it's like, it's exciting being able to be a part of a brand that I can like really like have a lot of freedom with creativity. So it's like, Right now, that's my goal. Just like do whatever I can to kind of push the boundaries of what we're doing with the creative side of it. Um, and just like in a space with golf where there's not a lot of brands that are like doing that much crazy shit. So it's like I can like have a spot where I can like really push stuff to where like no one's really ever done that before. Because um, like growing up moving here, here to LA, you know, the overall goal is like down the road. I would love to have, I'd love to have my own brand or, you know, be a creative, you know, creative director for something. Um, Cause I just like, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I just want to be able to like, I just want to be able to like make stuff to be able to like put stuff out, put my name on something, make it, release it, give it to homies, whatever it is, you know, clothes, ashtrays, whatever, you know, just random shit. Anything I think is cool. That's like the, at the end of the day, that's the goal. But, uh, but with Malvin, it's like a perfect spot because right now that's that's kind of where I'm at. It's like I have a lot of freedom to be able to to push stuff creatively and like, you know, um, just like put implement any ideas I have, you know. it's uh, That's one of the things I love most about the brand is like any idea I have, I take it to Steve and he's like, run it. Let's go. Like, I love it. It's beautiful. So, yeah. Yeah. You're valued, bro. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Last week he went from Jersey during the tournament. Florida, we shot the golf and tackle collection. Then flew to Aspen, shot the golf and ski collection, and then flew here and is here today helping with uh, this whole production and all of that. So it's it beats work. I think that's one for the books. Thanks for coming, Luke. JR, yeah, man, it was you. nice to get someone completely yeah. out of the spectrum of who we you know we'd have on the show, man. Yeah. But you're important, you know, and. and uh, Hope that didn't get you in trouble. Just want, you know what I'm saying, follow your dreams. You know what I'm saying? Is it, I think that he would help you with whatever you want to do. But Absolutely. Thank you for coming yeah. on, Luke. I appreciate, appreciate you guys you, having my me. Dog. Can't wait to see you out yeah. there, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, I'll catch you at Pinehurst next month. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's it. Part three podcast. It's a wrap. We'll see you next week with some more fun, loving gang. See you then. This episode today is sponsored by Long Drink, the Finnish Long Drink. Long Drink is a big supporter of ours and a big supporter of the game of golf. And damn, is it delicious. Find it near you at longdrink.com.